morning. Me again. You guys get a double dose today. Woo! Or triple if you're actually staying for a second service. So, lucky you. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Could be good, could be not, depending on which team you're rooting for. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, happy to be up here teaching. I love to teach. Um, and one of my favorite subjects to teach on is angels. So, uh, in the absence of Aaron, I was asked to, t- to teach this. And I was like, yes, I jumped in. I'd always jump on the opportunity for that. I did do a teaching quite a while ago. I was going back to my notes and I thought, wow, the last time I even did any teaching on it was like in 2015. It was a long time ago. And a lot has happened since then. And I've learned so much more also since then as well. So first, what I would like to do is just let those of you who don't know me uh, give you a little bit of an introduction to who I am. been here for like ever, as long as my daughter's been alive, which is like 16 years, 17, because I came pregnant. And um, been on the praise team, doing other teaching and other various things and whatnot. So here I am still teaching and still hanging out. So I love doing it. Um, for many, many years, I was interested in angels, always, always had these little encounters and things and just thought, wow, they're so neat. And you hear all the stories from the Bible and, uh, there's like 265 scriptures or something pertaining to angels. So they're very prevalent. They're very, very much a part of our lives. We just don't know how to hear them or actually what they do. And about, I guess it would be 10 years ago now, I would be watching TV shows and movies and things and realize that a lot of times angels are painted in a really not quite positive light, (laughs) really kind of negative, you know, and almost like they're contending against men. And it really, really bugged me because I was like, that's not what I have read and heard, you know, and, and that's not what it feels like it should be. So I really started digging into the history and asking God to give me some revelations of angels and to, um, give me ideas of what was real, what's not real, what's made up and what the other side always wants to take that's beautiful and make ugly, right? So we do know that angels are created by God. They were created out of time. I'll give you guys a lot of scripture reference, but I'm not going to go to all the scriptures because we'd be here like till three. And that probably wouldn't be really good because then you guys would be hungry and you'd be like grumpy and you want to be listening and you'd be like, Aaron, don't let her teach again ever. So <laughs> we won't do that. So anyway, Nehemiah 9.6, if you want to write that down, you can go back and references, gives an idea of the angels, lets you know that angels were here before the world so god created them way before he created all of us and the word angel in greek angelos it means messengers or delegates and in hebrew it's i'm gonna try and say it malak that's what they called them and it means one sent with a message from god an angel is pure spirit it has no matter no body And it is a person. So most angels have their own personality. They have their own thing that they like to do. We we went through a time where we were going through some um, 
angel encounters. And uh, Laurie saw one that was kind of like, would you say Friar Tuck or whatever? And he was just fun and laughing and having a great time with us. And that's not what we see in our normal pictures of angels. You know, you have a lot of the old school pictures where they're these ethereal beings. And they are, but they also have their own personalities and communicate with us on levels that we are ready for, that we can understand, that we can get. Um, And, of course, they're different than humans because they're not in the image of God. We're like the only beings created that are the image of God. So angels are a whole different species in themselves. And Psalm 103, 2021, NIV, we have, Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones, who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you whose servants who do his will. So that's one of the reasons they were created, to do his will. But they also have free will. Just like us. Because God's not a God that's going to impose his will on any creature in creation. Like at all. So we have a lot of misconception that angels have to do what they're told. And obviously we know from the rebellion that occurred that they don't. And I think we take for granted that they're around us all the time. They're interested in us. They enjoy having encounters with us. And they're pretty cool. And so a lot of what we see in the Bible is that they are referenced as messengers. Like you have Gabriel telling Mary about Jesus. And I'm very, very sure that he didn't come down in his true spiritual form to her because he would probably freak her right out. Which is why it's like there's a man, he comes, he talks to her, and she knew, she just knew he was an angel. How do we know? You know, because we, in this day and age, have been a little disconnected from the spirit world, so we don't entertain them as often as they did in biblical time and even before. So they're in the habit of entertaining angels a lot. I mean, it's everywhere in the Bible. You know, you've got the three that came and talked to, was it Abraham and Sarah, telling them about the baby. They knew who they were. Today, we might just be like, who are these guys? They think they are. Oh my gosh, they're from the occult. Are they really coming from the Lord or are they coming from Satan? Because we're so suspicious of everything that's going on around us. And so we aren't in the habit of entertaining them. So I'm going to help you know what to look for when you do come across one. So we know that we've, we've read in Ezekiel. I'm going to read Ezekiel because I love this passage about what they look like in their true form. If I can find it. Give me a minute. Ah, here we go. So... I think that any of us that would might have had this vision, like in today's time, would end up in a mental hospital. (laughs) Because they're scary, you know. And I've had some visions and some encounters with some angels where I was like, oh, wow. Perhaps I should not have asked for (laughs) knowing a little bit more about angels and things. I've had some where I was just like, wow. 
And if you really want to get to know your angel or know about angels or spirits, God will show you. And they will show themselves. And they will talk to you. And they generally are talking to you most of the time because they're the constant, you know, like the phone between God and heaven sometimes. And you might be able to hear their voice a little quicker than you would God, perhaps. So anyway, Ezekiel's vision. I'm going to start at 1-4. I think that's where it is. Yes. I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal, and the metal was... In the metal looked like what was four living creatures. In appearance, their form was human, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight. Their feet were those of calves and gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on their four sides, they had human hands. All four of them had fingers and wings. And the wings of one touched the wings of another. Each went straight ahead. They did not turn as they moved. Their faces looked like this. Each of the four had the face of a human And on the right side had the face of a lion, and on the left the face of an ox, and also had the face of an eagle. Such were the faces. They each had two wings spreading out upward, each wing touching that of the creature on either side, and each had two wings covering its body. Each went straight ahead. Wherever the spirit would go, they would go. Without turning, they went. The appearance of the living creatures was like burning coals of fire or like torches. Fire moved back and forth among the creatures. It was bright and lightning flashed out of it. The creatures sped back and forth like flashes of lightning. Wow. (laughs) That's just part of it. So that's pretty terrifying. And our imaginations, it took me months and months and months to really imagine what that would look like, what these creatures would look like. And that's just a little tiny smidgen of some of the angels that are described in the bible very very little and so most times we think of them as just something with wings flying around the cherubs so far in some of my visions i have not come across a baby angel cherub just saying they just don't look like that (laughs) and so i went to this period of time where i was just i wanted to know who my guardian angel was because I knew I had one. Everybody had one. They talk about him in the Bible. Jesus had many (laughs) guardian angels that helped and surrounded him. And so my guardian angel came in quite an astounding way. I was going through some things in my life and I just wanted to see him. And was praying and worshiping, and he showed up looking very much like Brad Pitt from Troy. And, you know, I don't really like him, Brad Pitt. I'm always like, Pah. so I'm see why <laughs> would my guardian angel come looking like him, of all people? But apparently it was what I would accept. And to walk me through a scripture uh, Jeremiah 29:11 about God wanting to prosper my life. And at that time, I was thinking financial. But since I've realized that it's actually spiritual, love, 
in many other wisdom. God wants to prosper our lives in many other ways than just finance. And we always read that scripture. You know, I have plans to prosper you. And we think of the word prosper as money. But you know, money is not all happiness. It's really not. You can have a ton of it and be the most miserable person on the planet if you're not happy within yourself and who you are. That's, I think, what God wants to prosper. And sometimes we need reminders from other creatures than just God because I think we don't listen to God sometimes because we still are trying to get through our own why would he talk to me thing, you know, who am I? God is this huge, wonderful being. He created everything and why would he take time to care about the number of hairs on my head or, you know, whatever. And of course, I'm sure he gets... I mean, I I think I would get frustrated if I were him because I get frustrated with my kids. You know, (laughs) when you're trying to encourage them and they don't take it, you're like, oh my gosh, I knew this. So I'm sure, you know, but then the very same thing I say to my daughter, someone else will tell her and she'll go, oh, mom, so-and-so said that I can do this. And I was like, did I not just tell you that like two weeks ago? Hmm. So I'm thinking God does that. Did I not just tell you that like four years ago? Okay. I think I'll send maybe a person. I think I'll send one of my messengers to you. Oh, yeah, your guardian angel. So they can appear like men. They can have the appearance of light. I think sometimes they just appear the way they do because our acceptance of it. You know what I mean? And you ever have an encounter with somebody where you're just kind of like, was that person really human? Because I'm not really sure. They kind of knew something that, wow. Or they're just so full of like peace and love. And you don't meet a lot of people, really, like humans that are just like that. So sometimes, you know, I've had some encounters with people here and there where I'm like, hmm. And then you can't find them or you didn't get their number or something like that. So... They can, they can be in forms. I, w- I even think as animals. You know, you have animals come and swoop out of nowhere and save a child from rubble or something. You know, and it's amazing. So when I was, oh, I don't know, one, maybe a little bit older, we lived in Italy. And when I was meeting my angel this memory was brought back to me, not as me remembering, but as my mom telling me about it, that it was a morning. My dad was taking a shower. She, they would lived in a little, uh, apartment four stories high. And, um, she would let me walk out on the little patio out there and the phone rang. So she turned for two seconds to grab the phone, looked back out. I'm nowhere to be seen on the patio. Nowhere. And she's like, what? So she goes out on the patio. And I had somehow worked my way out on the ledge that was about this wide on the other side. I was just holding on and singing or doing whatever it was I was doing as a baby. And she freaked out. And being the 20-year-old young person that she was, ran inside to get my father out of the shower because she couldn't reach over leaving me again 
by myself, hanging on the outside of the ledge, with an Italian man screaming at her, trying to figure out how he was going to catch me if I let go. And, of course, my dad freaked out, goes running, you know, sends her to hold me. So she comes, she holds me. My dad gets out of the shower, lifts me up, whatever. She figured the span of time was probably about 10 minutes from beginning to end. Yet I didn't let go. And I was talking to somebody. Just yapping. So in my mind, that was my angel. (laughs) Don't let her fall. And babies, that happen. You hear a lot of stories like that with babies. In tornadoes and things, you know, wrapped around, wrapped in a mattress. Things like that. It's crazy. And then, of course, you do have the stories where they don't. And it always makes you wonder why. Well, we don't know the purpose for what's going on in that life. And how long they were supposed to be here. And maybe that was all that they had. And their angel was told, bring them home. We don't know. That's one of those things I always, like, struggle with. Because I'm like, if we have angels and they're supposed to intervene, how come not? But they won't intervene unless we ask. So my mom was always, she grew up Catholic, so she was always praying for protection and angels to watch over the babies and whatever. So it was out there. And some people don't realize that you have to activate that. You have to allow them to interact in your life unless God divinely intervenes for whatever reason because of whatever he has for you or because of somebody enacting it when you were two. You know what I mean? So anyway, we want to know some of their jobs. And the comparison, we do want to compare them between us and them. So angels are stronger than men, and they're not omnipotent. They're not almighty, and they're not unstoppable. Psalms 103:20. You guys want to look that up. They will do God's bidding, because they choose to. And there are those who don't choose to, but most choose to they're greater than men in knowledge of spiritual things well yeah (laughs) because they operate in the spirit all the time and unless we do we're not going to have the knowledge that we should so they're going to give us knowledge that we need when we need it if we ask because we don't have it so and that would be if you want to look at that cross-reference would be second samuel 14 20 They're more noble than men, but they are not proud. So I am sure that the angels don't convene in like a little conference room cone like, did you see what I did today? I stopped that wreck. I just put my hand out. Truck stopped. Didn't hit the girl. Some men do that. (laughs) But that's because we're who we are. But angels, I did my job. There was prayer for help, and I did my job. And when we become in tune to them, we can actually listen to them. We can actually hear their little whispers telling us things all the time. And sometimes I think that little voice inside of us that we go, like you're really mad and you want to tell your boss some choice words and where to go with their job. I think it's not always God, because sometimes we're like, no, God, I'm not listening. The other voice will go, are you sure you really want to do that? Because, <laughs> you know. Or you could be driving down the highway at 80 miles an hour. And like I was, 
last summer on my way home. Danae's sleeping next to me, coming back from Texas, and going to switch lanes, and a vehicle didn't see in my blind spot. So I freaked out and started to go back into the other lane, and I'm going fast. My first instinct was to slam my foot on the brake. But there was a voice that I recognized because I had been talking with my angel saying, do not, do not touch that brake. Do not touch that brake. So I didn't. And the car is going crazy. It's swerving all over. And finally, it starts to slow. I start to get control. And I had a picture in my head that if I had hit that brake, I may not be standing here today. Maybe not Danae too. So if I had just gone with my instinct and not been in tune, I would have slammed that brake. And the slamming of that brake would have caused, who knows, rather than just letting the car accidentally, I mean, start to slowly slow down. Obviously, angels don't marry and reproduce. There's a number, it says in the Bible, that was created, and that's what was created. There's not any new ones. And there are some that are created in just a moment for one purpose, and then they're gone. There's many, many kinds of angels. I mean, when I first did this teaching, it was like three hour and a half long classes, and it still wasn't everything. Still was so much that I've even learned since then. Angels are spirits with no physical body, as you see in Ezekiel. Hebrews 1.14. Um, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Angels, of course, are not made in the image of God as humans, but they are stationed at the moment above men because we've momentarily fell and forgotten who we are. And that is in Hebrews 2, 5 through 9. So they're helping us get back to where we were. Um, and some different readings that I've come across, especially maybe that the Dead Sea Scrolls. It was very interesting that back, way, 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 way back, humans were actually known as the I am race. I am, because God is I am. And that's how we were referred to by especially those that were in the service of God. And angels have free will as men do. And obviously that's apparent because of the rebellion that we read about that happened and occurred with angels. And that is in Matthew twenty five forty one. You've got Peter two four, Revelations twelve, seven through nine. Um, so they do have a free will and they will sometimes tell, you, no, I've had mine do that on occasion. No, I'm like, what, (laughs) what do you mean? No. (laughs) So job descriptions of angels, what is it that they do exactly? Well, obviously they watch over us. It was recorded in the book of Enoch that they were the first, there was a group that were to watch over men and just watch us. They were called Elohim, God's holy ones, or sons of God. 
They were also called Gregori, translated as watchers. And they were an elite class of powerful angels just sent to protect and watch over humanity. And that they were in the Garden of Eden. So their job was just to watch us. And they are mentioned in the Bible. Daniel 4.13 and Daniel 4.23 mentions them by their name. And Genesis 6, 1 through 4 mentions the fall of these great angels. Which, in historical Hebrew lore, is said to have preceded somehow the other angel rebellion. I don't know. I'm just, there's so much. It's just so much, it's hard to say. But this group no longer is in service. They got in trouble. So they began to interact with men and they weren't supposed to. That was not their job. There were other angels for that. So that was their first job. The second, of course, was messengers. And all we know all the different messages that angels have done over the centuries, right? When they told Mary, when, when Gabriel came down and told Mary, when the angels announced to the shepherds, when the angel showed up in a dream to the Magi to tell him, get out of town. When they came to Joseph, because they can also come in your dreams. Sometimes they come in your dreams just like God will because it's easier to talk to you that way. We're a little more open to getting that information. So a lot of them, a lot of their work is messages. A lot of it is giving us extra message or reiterating what God has already told us that we ignored. I do that a lot, but I'm getting better. So we have that. Then we have guides. They guide us like in Exodus 23, 20, there were angels guiding the Egypt, the slaves out of Egypt, helping them. It was, you know, because I don't think it was just that pillar of light was just only the pillar of fire was just only God. It was angels. Because they had to protect and they had to guide them. Protecting, delivering, strengthening, encouraging. Um, we know in the story of Shadrach, Meshach, Bendigo, that reference, the angel in the fiery furnace with them. I don't think he was there just for a sauna day. <laughs> I need to lose a little weight. No, I think he was literally there shielding them from the fire, protecting. Because they believed so much in God and what he had for their lives. And they refused, refused to bow to another king the way that he wanted them to and to call him God. That they were like, He'll either save us or he won't. And if he doesn't, either way, we win. Because if he doesn't, where are you at? Heaven. If he did, a point was proven and God looks awesome. And many, many more people can see the glory and be like, whoa, I want to know that person. And we know they were kids, so they weren't any kind of special delegate. So you don't have to be you know, the president of the country, 
be saved by angels. You could be a two-year-old little child whose mother prays every day. Angel, watch over. You know, bring that in there. They help answer prayer. And you can look that up in 12, 1 through 7. They can act as executioners. Executioners. We don't like to think about that too much. And that, I think, is where the outside world paints such a dark light. Because you have the angel of death in Egypt, which occurred when the angel went through and had to kill all the firstborn. But not by God's will. By Pharaoh. Moses just said, what you say is going to happen. Be wise in your words. Be wise in what you say. Because you command. And because you, Pharaoh, are seen as a god, you have command as part of the divine. But your intention will bring about evil if you're not careful with it. And we don't think about that. Or the intention of our words. You know, how we can bring about something evil and cause an angel to actually kill somebody and we wouldn't even know. Especially if you're really working with them. And that is a great responsibility. Because words can no longer be idle when you start walking in the true power of who you are. So when you start walking in the true power of who you are, you have got to be careful the intention behind the words that you say. Because you can bring about something on somebody that you didn't really intend, but because in the moment that you spoke it, your intention was, it'll happen. So Pharaoh's intention was, I want to hurt them. I want to hurt Moses' people. So how how in that time would you hurt well, you kill the firstborn. That's that's the legacy for your next generations. I said, well, okay. Angel. But he also gave away to protect. And I'm not sure that that angel enjoyed doing his job. And there's been many speculation of who it was. I'm not even going to go there. But there's been many speculation. And of course you have the Sodom and Gomorrah story. The angels that were sent in the town. And you know. The people were wanting to do this and that. And whatever with them. To be quite honest. I really don't think that an angel would have trouble. Pushing someone off them. (laughs) I don't think it was about what they wanted to do to the angels. I think it was about the intention. That all the people had in that city. To bring harm and evil to innocence. And in their mind, oh, you send an angel of God, they're as innocent as can be. Heck yeah. And the angels were walking around going, oh my gosh. The evil here. Not necessarily what was going on. I mean, yeah, that was bad too. But truly, the intention was full evil in the whole entire town. In the whole entire city. There was only one thing that could be done. And that's what happened. So again, angels can be executioners. 
caring for believers at death. So here you have somebody getting ready to die. And I've heard so many stories, you know, where people are like, oh, there's so-and-so. Or, oh, there's this angel. Or, you know, I see an angel. I see Jesus. None of us have, have any idea what happens when we die, really. We only have some hearsay to go off of people that may have experienced it or watching somebody go and experiencing and seeing what they're saying or whatever. So I like to think that mine will be there, you know. And, of course, worship and praise. In Isaiah 6, 1 through 3, in the throne room. And then we have, we have seraphim. Nehemiah 9.6, you alone are the Lord, you have made the heavens, the heaven of heavens with all their host, the earth and all that is in it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to all of them, and the heavenly host bows down before you. There's 18 verses that I found that indicate angels worship and praise just as we do. And we've had times where we've shown up, where they've shown up, or we've heard Voices behind us in worship, and we're like, what is that? I think it's angels. I think they show up with us to help us, to give us, you know, that little oomph we might need. Because we're almost there, but not quite. (laughs) This is like the tiniest little smidgen of angel stuff introducing them to you. Um, like I said, I could go on and on and on and on, but just giving you a little idea, they're around, they're there. Um, we've got, had many people in this church alone that have had many encounters. The best was Friar Tuck and the one that tickled Aaron. That was great. So they have a sense of humor. They really do. I mean, mine do. I, I, they, they, they love to laugh with us. They love to be around us. And you can talk to them. You can ask them, hey, I'll talk to you. Or ask God, you know, can you give me some sensitivity to see who's around me, which angels, you know. They're very interested in us because we are the image of God. We are divine. 